Hello and welcome to That Missionary Life for those of us who are back in this American life but still want to talk about that missionary life. Um, These are our stories and hindsight. So this is a darker subject but it's an important subject and it's one I feel like I need to talk about because I just lost a dear friend in Brazil yesterday and I want to talk about it. So this is about dealing with death as a missionary. I was scrolling on Facebook yesterday and noticed a good friend's post about this friend and that he had died and I was like what what are you talking about uh, I knew he had been sick I had talked um, I'm actually closer with his wife um, and family um, than I specifically am to him but he's always been an amazing friend um, an amazing musician just a kind-hearted life of the party kind of person I knew he had been dealing with a lot of sicknesses um, over the years and it had gotten worse recently and he had needed uh, blood transfusions and they thought it was cancer. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't know he was going to die. I, I, I don't think, I think it surprised everyone. I don't, I think, yeah, it's just hard not knowing when you're far away, you know. Have you ever had someone close to you die while you are on the other continent? And now that I am back from being a missionary and it's all the friends and family, well, that feel like my adopted family in Brazil, it's like I'm always still going to have this divide where there's a group of people I'm not with, you know? And when big things happen to them, and I mean, all ranging all the way from missing the birthdays to missing the weddings and missing the funerals, um, those are, that's a big deal. And I think not knowing the details, finding out he died on Facebook, (laughs) you know, those things are just really jarring. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I kept scrolling. I was like, well, maybe it's not true. And then I saw somebody else posted something and I was just kept, I was like, I can't get away. And yeah, it's, it's really sad. (laughs) Obviously, I, I mean, he trusted the Lord. I know he's rocking out with Jesus in heaven. Um, but especially for his wife and his young daughter, um, who lost him too soon. And I do want to admit some of my own thoughts. And I've had this before when I was in Brazil, when I was serving in Brazil and different things happened to different people in America. (laughs) So it goes both ways. It definitely goes both ways. And every once in a while, I feel like I am truly shocked at the amount of self-centeredness that I have. Like most of the time, I'm pretty aware that I'm pretty selfish. And, you know, as human beings, we have a lot of flaws. And I know that I am very selfish and self-centered, but I still get shocked sometimes at how much it is because there are sometimes feelings when big things happen to people and I'm not around. There's sometimes that it's not, it's not a jealousy. It's a little bit of annoyance. How dare they do that without me? (laughs) Which 
Can you believe my audacity? And I'm not saying I wasn't jealous. I wasn't annoyed. You know, the sadness is more than that, obviously. But I feel these little twinges of emotion. And I'm not even sure what emotion it is. Of just like, oh, how how could you do this when I wasn't there? I wanted to be there. Um, and... <laughs> Because, of course, I'm the center of everyone that I know in every country. So y'all have to wait for me to be there for anything to happen. Um, I don't know. I think maybe those feelings when we sit with them are just revelations of <laughs> just how ridiculous our heart can be. And I think they're good checks to be like, wait, this is not about me. <laughs> Obviously. This is not about me. Um, and how can I be there for them? Even if I'm not there for them. And isn't that the hard part with being a missionary? You're not there. And you do all you can. And you can write letters. And we've made videos. And <clears throat> tried to be creative with all the things that we miss. And nowadays you can buy some of something off of Amazon. And have it sent to their house. Well, at least in the U.S. Um, in Brazil, we can't do that yet. But but it's it's not the same, and it will never be the same. And that's and that's hard, and that's hard. So I am grateful, and I find it quite almost miraculous that in seventeen years serving as a missionary. I mean, I was back and forth a lot, but in those 17 years, I didn't have to miss any huge funerals. I had to miss a couple of big weddings and other events, um, but not funerals. And I'm grateful because I think, especially with funerals, there's a bit of closure. I hope there's a bit of closure I don't know. How how do you find that closure? What are ways that you have figured out when you can't be there for the big things? The really big things. And also, how do you grieve when you're far away? Like today, I definitely just took some time to write and read the Bible and look through all of my pictures of my friend and remember so many good memories and just to deliberately sit and to grieve. And I think that that's so important. Um, And I'm so grateful that I was able to have the time to do that. So what do you do? How do you grieve? Um, I don't know. Do you release a balloon? (laughs) Is there something you can do when you're not there? And here's another question. What is it like to be with people you love and lose someone you love in in the country you serve in? Um, So in 2008, I believe, I lost a very, very dear friend in Brazil while I was in Brazil. (laughs) Um, And... Their family was kind enough to let me be a part of their grieving process. And it was incredible to... 
peek into their lives. You know, I hadn't known them for that long. We'd been good friends for a couple years. Um, but to be able to, uh, I stayed with them for a couple weeks and we would just gather most nights together and, um, sit around on the floor because <laughs> it was very hot and the floor was cooler and just tell stories. And I just remember how special that was. Um, that was my first funeral in Brazil. And I was a little shocked. <laughs> I don't know why. I'd walked past the the um, cemetery a hundred times. Like I'd walked past the cemetery a hundred times. But I didn't realize until we were there burying um, my dear, dear friend that in Brazil they don't bury them. They <laughs> they sort of have this they have this upraised brick uh tomb that they slide her into and then while you are there they brick up the end. And I don't know why that was so traumatic to me. It's like I know every place has their own system of burial, obviously. And um and also, we had the funeral, like, the day after she died. So, like, the body was in their house with us. So, we and the body slept that night, went to church with the body, and then went to the funeral with the body, and then rolled her into a brick-upraised tomb, and then bricked her up. And I did not expect it to be such a big emotional thing, um... I, it was just enough different from what I had grown up with, with, you know, burying someone in the ground, that it really shook me. Ooh, oh my goodness, talking about a lot of deep stuff. But, I mean, there is that Bible verse that says it's better go to a funeral than a wedding. And I don't know, I have always appreciated and valued funerals and what, um, I don't know, the importance of good endings just as much as good beginnings and middles. (laughs) I don't know. I value that. So moving on to preparing for death while you're in missions. So I am wondering what, how you prepared for the idea that maybe what if something happened to you while you were abroad. So obviously we're getting ready to go on a short-term missions trip next month and we are buying travel health insurance. That's basically like, well, if they have to evacuate you, (laughs) uh, you know, however, you know, if there is death, you know, making sure your body gets home and it's sort of crazy to think about that stuff. Um, But yeah, I know that it was super important and I did not realize this until I had been in Brazil, like, oh my goodness, I think we made my mom our power of attorney in 2014. (laughs) So I'd been a missionary for 10 years and had never had a power of attorney. Um, At the same time, I did not have like basically any earthly goods. So it wasn't until we had our daughter that I was like, hey, we should write out a little will 
and testimony and then sign it at the notary at the bank. <laughs> so we did. I just, I made us do that. And I don't, I don't even know if that would work, but it's like, we didn't have anything. We had a 2004 vehicle that halfway worked when we were back that actually my parents owned after a while. <laughs> And we had like five boxes of things in my parents' house. Um, and then we had whatever was in our suitcases. And that was literally what we had. So it was like a will. Like the whole point was really just mostly the part about what would happen to our kids. So there was a lot with godparents. And it's crazy now. Like when we were there, we had, we asked Brazilian, a Brazilian family to be our godparents and an American family to be our godparents. Just like, I was like, you know, you won't be in charge of keeping my child forever, but if something emergency happens to us, they will go with you kind of thing. Um, I don't know. Did you make any preparation like that? Like it's, it's sort of funny to think about it now. And actually now that we're back home and we actually have more stuff um but not really any th- I don't know our cars are I guess a little valuable but um <laughs> we should probably updo our will and the plan for if we have a sudden demise it just looks completely different now that we're here instead of Brazil and um we have never updated that so <laughs> And we had a second child, and I don't think we did anything with the will since we had a second child, so maybe we should put that in as well. I don't know. what. How can you prepare? There's only so much you can be prepared for. I am overwhelmed. I The only time I went to the hospital in Brazil, um, I got a checkup once because I had a weird rash, and I went to the hospital to have both of my children. One was a private hospital, um, with the first one that we paid for, and one was a public hospital with the second one that we did not pay for because it was public health care in Brazil. Cade went to a hospital once because he ran into a wall when playing soccer and got stitches on his head, got a couple stitches. Um, that, oh, and we went to the hospital once during COVID, <laughs> which was pretty scary because... My daughter had some seizures, some febrile seizures, and that was very scary. Um, But really did not have a lot of experience with hospitals at all with any sicknesses, no broken bones ever, Um, and just so grateful, so entirely grateful. I know of different people where sickness and dealing with sickness and trying to get better in another country was something that ended up being what brought them off the mission field. And I also know of different families at my church that one of them broke his wrist and ended up, it took a month before they operated on it. They had to re-break it. So it was a month he wasn't able to work. He was seriously waiting in line, like on the floor of a hospital and just horrible, horrible experience. But then at the same time, the experiences that we had uh, with having a baby, uh, the couple emergency, not super serious things that we did, um, 
they were great. We had great service. And so, yeah, it's really, really hard to know. And you just don't know because there's only so much you can plan for. <laughs> and that's the point. The unknowns are can be really scary. And I am so grateful that we were blessed with really great health um, while we were there. And yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts, your thoughts about dealing with what you don't want to have to deal with, dealing with death as a missionary. So in closing, those are some musings from someone who is very much involved in this American life, but just really wants to talk about that missionary life, stories and hindsights. <laughs>